0: to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula. Limited to one free beaker per customer. But stay two nights, January 2021. Free Growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing. And tell them Nuana's Now sent you.
2: Welcome
0: back. Nuana's Now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television, but not now. SWX. If you're looking for us on SWX and see the Grizz game, well, enjoy yourself because the Grizz game is on TV. SWX Montana carrying 26 Big Sky Conference basketball games throughout this Big Sky season. So uh, be sure to tune in to all of those, including tonight's. right now, uh, tipping uh, Northern Arizona at Montana. And this is a big game because NAU has not been that good so far this year. They got swept by Idaho State last weekend. Uh, NAU maybe a little bit down this year. They do have Cam Shelton, a third-team All-Big Sky selection a year ago. But uh, kind of in a transition. Last year, Shane Burkar, as an interim coach, he did a good job getting NAU to the sixth seed. And um, that win over Montana was a key one but they, they have a lot of holes. They lost Brooks to Bishop, who was kind of their leader, their big post guy. They lost Bernie Andre, who decided to grad transfer, and uh, it's just been a, it's been a program that's been in flux. Jack Murphy did a great job recruiting at NAU, but had a hard time sustaining uh, any sort of continuity on his roster, so Shane Burkar, uh, in his second year as the head coach, and trying to get things back on track at NAU. NAU, once upon a time, was a program that had a ton of tradition, of a great lineage. Ben Howland, at Northern Arizona in the 90s. I mean, between you know, the early 90s and the early 2000s, the team that was kind of the third program behind Montana-Weber State was NAU. And Travis DeCure talks about that tradition a lot when he talks about the best programs in the league. And it's a program, it's a place you can win. So we'll see if, if any of you can get back on track. But it is a big game for the Grizz tonight. They are right now about 90 seconds into the game. They're up 4-0. Uh, they hit their very first three-point shot of the game. And... Uh, We'll keep you apprised. Uh, it was Josh Vasquez who buried the three-pointer to give the Grizz the early lead, so we'll keep you apprised as the score marches on. The Grizz are playing now, so this might seem a little weird, but I was able to catch up with University of Montana Associate Head Coach Chris Cobb earlier this week. Coach Cobb, friend of the show, always great to talk to. He's got a good pulse on it. Here's some of Coach Cobb's thoughts about a team that features nine newcomers, a bunch of freshmen in the rotation. Uh, this staff, Travis Secure and Chris Cobb, they've been together for seven years they haven't had to do a lot of rebuilds. They haven't had to do a lot of and I'm not calling this a rebuild because I do think the Grizz are going to be competitive, although they are off to this one and three start, a big sky play. But they have some young guys that are trying to learn how to operate within the demands of of what is a very demanding coaching staff, including Coach Cobb himself. Here's Chris Cobb from earlier this week, previewing Montana's game against NAU tonight. Welcome in a good friend of the show, someone we have not talked to on this show in quite some time, Chris Cobb, associate head coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. And Coach Cobb, it's been wild times. It's uh, no surprise that we've been kind of ebbing and flowing through this entire basketball season, but uh, here we are now and Montana is finally back into Big Sky Conference. Conference play. You had this funky opener in the beginning of December. Didn't play another conference game for almost a month, and then you have this unorthodox bye the second week of January. You guys do get a Division three win over Whitworth, 84-67 on Saturday. But now into it with Northern Arizona coming to town. So, I mean, what's been the biggest challenge in terms of trying to get your guys into the flow of the season? Because it seems like it's just been so sporadic.
2: Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of challenges right now, Colter. That where you, you attack, and I think the biggest thing is just being prepared for for anything and everything. You know, I think we've we've really uh, been spoiled the last few years with with strong continuity and um, guys coming back that have a really good understanding of what we were doing day in and day out. And and now we're at a point where we've taken some transfers and we have some young players and we've, uh, we've, we've been playing the young guys. And so it's just getting a little bit uh, better understanding of who we are and um, guys in different roles and and what that takes and what that requires. Um, I think the biggest thing culture that we're, you know, we're fighting every day is just, just consistency of saying, okay, this is how we practice every day. And this is, um, this is how it should look. This is what a Montana Grizzly basketball practice looks like um, and, and, and how it feels. And we've been, you know, we've had starting stops and we haven't had as many practices or times to, to go through. But that's everybody in the country. Uh, it just is highlighted, I think, because we're the continuity isn't as strong with, with this roster, with this group. But I think that there's times that you see us play really good basketball and there's times that um, – we're a little bit inconsistent, uh, and I think you can look at the the record and, and look at some of that stuff and, and feel good and feel bad. I think you can feel good because we just really have struggled to close games out. Um, but then you also can look at and say, hey, guys, we're, we're really close. We're playing good basketball. It stretches here. If we can clean up a couple, couple things, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll like where we're at and we'll like um, – what what we're doing but I think it's one of those years where we talk about uh, with the guys that you can win every game on your schedule and you can lose every game on your schedule and and that's good and bad we just got to be more consistent
0: in Travis Takeer's seven years at the helm, it's been a rare occurrence that there's been a roster with so many new faces, so many young guys. So do you ever have to give yourself perspective and say, hey, we, you know, I mean, I like Northern the Colorado, for example, when they were in town. You guys, I think the first of the two games of the weekend, you were playing uh, three sophomores and two freshmen in crunch time. It actually might have even been three freshmen and two sophomores, but uh, a young yeah. Grizz team to be sure. So uh, do you ever have to give yourself a big picture and say, hey, you know, we are going to figure this out. We are going to be able to learn how to practice. Just like Grizzlies, learn how to operate in games like the coaching staff wants you guys to.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, a little bit falls into what you're saying, right? Like we we did this in 2016 where we, we were fine with playing young guys and uh, guys that weren't in the program for two, three, four years. Uh, so we've been here before. Um, I think we really like the young guys. And we really like the talent and the trajectory of where this thing can go. Um, and there's there's going to be some lumps. I think part of it, honestly, Coulter, like just sitting in our seat and and, in our spot every day is like how you coach these guys has to be a little different, right? Like we're, we're challenged to be better as coaches and be better communicators and be more efficient with our time. uh, Because you have to realize that we didn't have a summer, right? We didn't really have a summer with these guys. Like we typically do to introduce things and teach things. Um, The fall was inconsistent. You know, we had, couple stoppages of two weeks at a time and and whatnot, and then you look up, and it was funny, I was talking to my dad last night on the phone, and right now, 11 games in is typically where we are at um, to uh, evaluate a non-conference schedule going into Big Sky Conference play. Well, now we've already played four games, so it's tough, right? Like, you have to be able to sit back, and I think what's made us good is that we're really intense, and we want to win, and Every minute of every day and everything that we do is, is very intense and matters. But then you also have to step back and say, okay, these guys only played eleven college games. Like, look at our team last year after eleven games, uh, and then look at it after thirty games. It's very different, right? Like we were we weren't that far along. Um, eleven games into the season in Nebraska, Omaha. By the time we came back from Christmas we were much further along understanding of what, who our team was, who the the, the guys that needed the shots in certain areas, how we scheme defensively and what we do and the rotations and the habits that are required to be really good. And so... We have to, I think, temper our in terms of patience, which we don't have much of. If you ever looked at us coaching on the bench or been at practice, we don't have a lot of patience, or we're trying. Um, and so we just have to, I think, be big picture and say, look, this is where we're at right now. In three weeks, we have to be here. In six weeks, we have to be here. And then by the time we get to Boise, we have to be playing our best basketball.
0: Chris Cobb joining us. He's the associate head coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. And coach, from from an off the court perspective, you and I have talked frequently about how important chemistry is. This guys getting along, guys guys wanting to be around each other, wanting to hang out, and then also wanting to play with each other as well. And it seems like you got your your team has uh, some apparent pretty natural chemistry, especially because they are all kind of young and going through the same thing. But how hard is that part? I mean, how do you go about you know getting these guys to know each other and more importantly trust each other when there's not a lot of you know dinner parties going on uh, at, at, at the current state of affairs.
2: It's uh, it's by far the hardest part of this culture. Like you look at uh, a couple of these guys, and it was funny. I was talking to them uh, to our freshmen in particular, right? You have like the freshmen, and you have some of the guys that have just entered into the program as transfers or whatnot, and they don't even know like where their favorite spot to eat is in Missoula. Like you say, hey, have you had the wings at Tamarack? Have you um, you know have you been here? Have you been there? And they're like, no. Like what do what, you what are you talking about? And So that's the other part is their, the life and their environment is so different. Um, Their interaction with each other, we're trying to encourage them to stay away from social gatherings and, uh, you know, figure out what uh, they can not do together, right? There's times where we're saying you have to only stay with the three or four guys that, that you're living with. So it's tough because they don't get to interact with each other as much. But everywhere, you know, I don't think there, there's any point where we have to say, uh, you know, poor us. It's it's everywhere in the country and the world. So uh, we're trying to manage it as, as best we can still so give off the best experience that we can to these guys knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: It is brutal, though, right? Because part of the allure of recruiting to Montana, part of the allure of playing in Montana, even just being a student at Montana like I was, is it's, it's – but, Coach, that, that has to just be uh, a bummer just overall in general because part of the, the allure of recruiting to Missoula and just being a student in Missoula and all that is just the allure of the college town, right? I mean, going out, getting something to eat, being in downtown Missoula, walking down by the river, and it seems like these guys are kind of getting robbed of it. So do you kind of keep it out there in front of them, though, like, hey, guys, if we take care of business, this isn't going to last forever? Or how do you keep guys' attitudes positive just about their, their everyday lives outside of basketball?
2: Yeah, I think it's exactly that, and it's, uh, they were here for visits, uh, you know, and, and, and saw this place, you know, in in a fall at a football game or in the spring, uh, it you know, just kind of going through workouts and just being around here in a normal environment, so I think part of it is uh, just, hey, guys, like, obviously, this isn't just Missoula, this isn't just the United States, like, this is, this is everywhere in the world, right? Like, Josh Bannon's coming from uh, Australia and it's it's over there, right? It was mm-hmm. it was where he was at. It was affected in in Canberra and Melbourne, and so uh, he understands that. I think it just gets really hard mentally on some of these guys that are away from home for the first time, or uh, you, you know, in, in a different place or a different environment, and you really can't experience it. You have to stay in your room, or you have to stay uh, in a building, or whatever it is, and so um, it, it, it's challenging. Um, we don't try to use any of that as an excuse because, like I said, I think it's. It's going on everywhere, and we're just fortunate that we're able to have two to three hours a day where they can lift, or we can go in the gym workout and do that. So we're fortunate in that regard. Um, but it is something that, like you said, makes Missoula special. This is what it is, right? Randy right he comes from from L.A., Robbie Beasley comes from uh, the Bay Area, and, and they're coming here because of the environment, because of the passion, the excitement that exists in this community, and what they get here when they go to school, and they're really not getting that. So you have to be able to kind of say, guys, look, you know, gosh, by the end of this semester, maybe there'll be a little bit of that. You know, if it, vaccines can get rolled out or whatnot, but probably won't happen until the, the fall of next year. And you've got to keep plugging along and use this year as an opportunity to say, Hey, I'm appreciative that I get to get on the court. I get to learn the system. Uh, I get to be around teammates and coaches that are trying to make me better. And one of the things that I love doing and, and, and have the right spirit and, and right perspective on everything.
0: He's Chris Cobb, Associate Head Coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. A couple more things for you, Coach. One, we've talked extensively on this show about some of the young guys. I know that uh, people that listen to this show, they, they got a little bit of an insight on what Robbie Beasley and, and uh, Brandon Whitney were expected to be like, and they've been really good as freshmen. But one guy that maybe was a little under the radar coming into the year, who's gotten a ton of minutes, who's been a starter throughout his true freshman year already, and uh, last time out for the Big Sky, in a Big Sky conference game, buried the game winner with about five seconds to go. And that's Josh Bannon. And uh, he has been a, a pleasant surprise to watch. It seems like he's got a great skill set, a great basketball IQ. Uh, but what have you guys been pleased with so far when it comes to Josh Bannon, and how has he been able to earn that spot in the starting lineup?
2: Uh, ultimate competitor. Uh, ultimate competitor. Uh, I could say that five more times. Uh, total great habits, great. Uh, you talked about his IQ. Uh, he's just a winner. You know, he's a winner in the classroom, he's a 4.0 student. Um, he's got great habits. He's got a uh, great desire to be really good at everything he does. Um, so we don't have to coach any any of that stuff, which is always a bonus. Uh, he picks nine, like you said, tremendous. Like you, we we talk, we teach once, and he understands it. Um, he's had ups and downs, just like uh, these, you know, all these freshmen and all these guys do. Um, the one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is we're asking him to do something really hard. He played one position. The entire fall because of injuries and different things that occur. We're asking him to kind of play both two positions and play a little bit out of position and do some different things to cover us um, and he's been an absolute stud and just uh, taking everything uh, as it comes in strides and uh, he's in his size and his talent level, and just his competitive spirit, um, he'll have a really, really good chance to to be one of the better players we've had. But we really, really like all three of those guys, and um, like I said, I think that's the most disappointing part. Culture is that we've got some transfers that have come from different places and experienced college. I think the, all three of these guys, these young guys that are that have come in, we're really, really excited to play in Dahlberg with with a packed house, with the excitement, walk across campus uh, and have basketball matter, you know, just be in this community and be uh, great members of a program that add to this place. And, uh, you know, I think it's just constant reminders like, hey, guys, it'll be there. Um, but Josh is Josh. I can't say enough about in terms of just his competitive spirit, who he is as a young man.
0: Chris Cobb joining Nuana as now. And Coach, we'll get you out of here on this back into Big Sky Conference play. A couple home games this weekend, 5 p.m. Thursday against Northern Arizona, and then 11 a.m. tip on Saturday. Both those games can be found on the Grizzly Radio Network as well as Pluto TV, Channel 1056. And, Coach, last time against Northern Arizona, I know it seems like forever and a day ago uh, last season, uh, but you guys fell in Flagstaff. And so is that a motivating factor coming into this one, or is it just status quo Big Sky Conference game? And what's the overall scout on? On NAU.
2: Yeah, I think we try not to, to worry too much about what happened last year at their place. I think some of the returners might remember, and I think as coaches, we, we try to remember some of the things that they did that gave us problems, and um, and that they, they try to do from a scheme standpoint, because you can always you know, got to be prepared for them to come out and attack you that way. Uh, Cam Shelton's obviously scored in, a, in an incredibly high rate, uh, one of the best scorers in the country, and, uh, and I think that they're always prepared and, and ready to go with a game plan to to attack you, really specific to you. I thought they did a good job at, 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 our, at their place last year of kind of having a few things that they wanted to execute, and we didn't do a good enough job. Adjusting to it and making free throws at the end of the game to to finish it, but um, I think, like I told you, Coulter, it's it's really any any game, any night um, can in this conference this year. Anybody can come out and get anybody. So uh, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready to go. Uh, the, it's such a cool environment. I think we're playing the same team Thursday and Saturday because that Friday creates so many different conversations and uh, prep and adjustments and different things. So um, it's it, it's going to be fun. I think, like, you know, have some really good shooting that they put on the floor uh, and, and they have some young, some young big kids. So I think they're in some ways trying to do what we're doing where they have different bodies that, that they haven't had in the program that they're trying to figure out. But Cam Shelton is obviously one of the best players in this league and uh, requires a lot of attention. So we'll do some things to keep him off balance. But um, we're, in, we're in a spot where we got we to close games out. So something that we've really worked on the last, uh, last few weeks, and hopefully we uh, we show some improvement and maturity in that area.
0: He's Chris Cobb, associate head coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. Chris, in action this weekend, 5 p.m. on Thursday against Northern Arizona and then doubling back. Saturday morning, 11 a.m. against NAU. Both games can be found on the Grizzly Sports Radio Network as well as on Pluto Television. And Thursday's game right here on SWX Montana Television as well. Coach Cobb, welcome back anytime. Thanks so much for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure.
2: Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it, man.
0: Grizzly ready for this one. 17-0 is what this game started out as. And it's 23-6 at the under 12 Media timeout right now. Montana's rolling offensively. They have some. Uh, they got. They got more than just a few things going. They got a lot rolling right now, and uh, it, the lids off the basket for the first time in a while. So uh, that's a welcome sign for the Grizz for sure, because their offensive execution has been uh, left something to be desired. But they're they're back to doing what they were doing against the University of Washington, where they spread the ball so well in that upset win of the Huskies. Right now, Michael Stedman, Kyle Owens, Brandon Whitney. Josh Bannon, Josh Vasquez, Derek Carter-Hollinger, and Robbie Beasley are all on the board. The high score right now is Josh Vasquez with six. He has hit a couple threes. The Grizz started out four or five from three, burst out to a 17-0 lead there of 23-6, 10 minutes and 54 seconds to play in the first half. Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle, his team tips against Portland State in Bozeman in about, oh, 35 minutes and change. We'll hear from Coach Sprinkle, our opportunity bank coach's corner on Nuwana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, right after this. (laughs)
2: to
0: more. Big night, a Big Sky Conference hoops around the state of Montana. Check out SWX Montana right now if you want to watch the Grizz game. The Grizz against Northern Arizona men are on right now. The Grizz up 30-11. Eight minutes to go in the first half. The rest of the slate, like you just heard there in the news, the Bobcats tip here in about 29 minutes in Bozeman, the men do. The women Bobcats don't tip till 8 p.m. They're at Portland State West Coast game. And the Lady Grizz at NAU, that tips in about uh, 30 minutes as well. So 6 p.m. for both the Lady Grizz and the men Bobcats, 8 p.m. for the women Bobcats. And the Grizz men, they are already in action. Uh, the Big Sky Conference, the standings, it's not even really worth going through because there's been some teams that have gotten all six Big Sky Conference games in. There's some teams that have gotten four, like Montana men. There's some games that have, some teams that have only gotten two. Lady Grizz have only gotten two in. The Bobcats have only gotten two in. Portland State's women have only gotten four in. So it's kind of all over the place. Right now, the front runners in the league, the Southern Utah men are 4-0 in Big Sky Conference play. They're 9-1 overall. They're getting votes in the top 25 mid-major poll. And, uh, the Idaho State women. Similar scenario. Eight and one overall. They got to win at Kansas State, which is a big one for their RPI. And they also are six and zero in league play. So we'll keep you apprised as everybody kind of catches up to each other with all the league action. But the Bobcat men, they tip here in about 28 minutes. So it's time for our coach's corner right here on Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula. Well, each week we present a interview with a coach from around the state of Montana. This week, Montana State second year head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle. Going out of the Rangage Brothers RV phone line for our now weekly segment with Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle. And coach, you must be feeling pretty good right now because last time we talked, you were thinking, I don't know much about my team. We're still trying to figure it out. We had another 16-day stretch between Division One games, but instead now you're coming off of a two-game road trip in which you earned two wins, win by 12 points at Northern Colorado on Thursday and then gut out in a really exciting two-point victory over the Bears in Greeley on Saturday saw just broadly coach the fact that you got a couple of big sky games in and they were a couple of big sky wins your program must be feeling okay right now
3: yeah i mean it, it was obviously a great weekend for us yeah you know, i mean we we did some things we we improved in a lot of areas which i was i was proud of our guys because a lot of the detail stuff we've been talking about you know they they worked their butts off and and you know it came to fruition you know at game time now there's still a ton of stuff we got to get better at and you know, you mentioned. Yeah, we do know a little more about our team. We still don't know everything, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we know we got a tough opponent coming in this week, and and we we have we just have to continue to get better. You know, I mean, both those games could have gone either way. Uh, we were fortunate to win both of them, and. It's still a lot of season left, and we, we got to keep getting a lot better.
0: Your entire backcourt got a lot of headlines because Xavier Bishop, he's the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week after having 28 points on Thursday, including 14 in the last 10 minutes, to lead you guys on this great 18-0 run. They kind of flipped that result on its head, and they had another 22 in the overtime win on Saturday. And Amon Adamu, he had one of the great scoring games I've seen in my 10 years covering the Cats, poured in 36 points. At one point, he made 9 out of 10 shots. Let's start with Amon first, Coach, because I listened to your postgame with Zach Mackey on the Bobcat. Radio Network, and you were saying, man, when you're in kind of the throes of the game, you know a guy's doing well, but you don't know he's lighting it up like that. And it was the same thing for me. I was like watching the game, and I'm thinking, man, Amund's really carrying him offensively, and I start looking at the stats. It's like, oh, this guy's made seven shots in a row, eight shots in a row. All of a sudden, he's got 36 points. Just take him through his explosive effort.
3: He's really good you know, when he when he's kind of isolated and, and, you know, we've talked about it this year, you know, we, we have more guys that can shoot around him this year. Now, Northern Colorado, the way they defend, they just latch onto your shooters. And so, you know, we, we knew we were going to get some, you know, some one-on-one, or we could make it into a two-on-two, three-on-three game with them. And I knew X and Almond would get some great opportunities over the weekend. And, you know, but then it comes down to those guys making shots, you know, and, and they did that. Uh, but, you know, like you said, with Amon, you know, I had no idea he had 36. I I knew he was playing well, and you know, he's just he's really good at the free throw line. And so, you know, we needed all 36 of them. I know that. And
0: Xavier Bishop also had great second half as well, carrying you guys down the stretch for portions of that half. Yeah. But just those two, those two guys, it seems as if they're both learning how to play together. Even though they both kind of need to have the ball in their hands, it seems like they're they're both kind of trying to figure out the way to t- take their turns. And it seems like it's uh, it's making progress in that element.
3: Yeah, no, and and just the more games we play, the more comfortable everybody's getting with each other. You know, th- their roles, you know, they're kind of defining their own roles. And, uh, you know, and that's every team, you know, in our league. That's what's going on. And so, but they are, they, you know, they're they're da- they're kind of a dangerous duo, you know, when they're both playing well and shooting and the ball. Um, because they can both, they're both really good one-on-one players and they can get the ball to the rim and they're both really good finishers. And uh, anytime you have that you can you can put some shooters around them, you know it, it's it's hard to guard that
0: you mentioned Abdul Muhammad, and I thought that was a great point as well because Abdul Muhammad, uh, maybe not the scoring load, been on the starting line for the last couple of games, and he, he's playing against one of the best wings in the league in Bodie Hume, a uh, returning all-big sky guy who, who's kind of the go-to guy at Northern Colorado, their most established player. And Abdul Muhammad, uh, Bodie Hume does finish with 14 points, but Abdul Muhammad really makes him work for it. I think it took him 14 shots to get there. Hume was 2 of 11 from beyond the arc. So just talk about Abdul's defensive effort. Yeah,
3: Abdul was tremendous. I mean, that was – you know, one of the, the main reasons we won the game, uh, both games, you know, to be honest with you, and and when we showed film to the team yesterday, you know, we show, we call them championship plays, like we showed all of his championship plays. And out of probably the 18 clips that we had, probably 12 of them were Abdul. You know, just making extra effort plays, diving on the floor, getting loose balls, getting championship rebounds. And, and then just like I said, the defense on Hume, you know, his his length, cause Abdul's He's a legit six eight. You know, and he is mm-hmm. long, and and he's got a good feel defensively. Like he's got good instincts to contest shots, and, and uh, you know he made it hard on Hume. Hume's a terrific player. You're going to make some shots. You know, and he had some good looks that he missed too. But you know, I really think you know Abdul, you know over the co- course of you know forty minutes both nights. You know, did a tremendous job just making it as hard as possible and keeping him out of
0: rhythm. Danny Sprinkle joining us. He's Montana State's second-year head men's basketball coach. His team coming off of a two-and-zero weekend in Greeley, Colorado, against Northern Colorado. A pair of victories down there against the Bears. And coach, now you transition into preparing for another Big Sky team. You guys haven't really got to get into the ebbs and flows of conference play. It's kind of been hurry up and wait. When are we going to play? And now all of a sudden, now you're in it. (laughs) What's the transition like to get you guys and say, hey, now it's actually a typical deal. We have to play Thursday, Saturday one more time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's going to be good for everybody in our league just kind of getting back into that rhythm, you know, because the non-conference was just so scattered, you know, some, you're not playing for 18, 19 days. And, and you know, now the guys have something to look forward to every week. And, uh, you know, it's a totally different game this week than it was last week. You know, Portland State, their style of play, uh, their athleticism, their press, I mean, it's a it's a totally different deal, which makes conference play fun. You know, you got to prepare for different styles, you know, and the adjustments and all that. And uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how our team handles, you know, taking care of the ball and and uh, and rebounding the basketball, uh, because that's that's where Portland State really gets you is on the offensive glass.
0: One of my favorite parts about covering the Big Sky Conference is the diversity in styles. It doesn't matter if you're talking football, men's basketball, women's basketball, because it's such a big league. You know, you you might have a a Northern Colorado that likes to, you know, slow it down, grind it out, and then you have Portland State the very next week with this press. Uh, But you mentioned just the press and the offensive rebounding. How do you go about simulating that in practice? Because it seems like skill wise, you guys got some guards that can handle the pressure. But you you mentioned the other element. They crash the offensive glass. They try to get such a high percentage of those offensive rebounds. So how do you go about simulating those two elements in practice this week?
3: You know, like yesterday, we put. You know, when we do our press offense work, we just we put sometimes six defenders on the floor and sometimes seven. Um, you know, and so basically every, you know, those seven guys are just trapping everywhere. And so every time, you know, it's hard to get a catch. And when you do catch it, you're getting trapped. And, uh, you know, it's a lot harder to break the press when there's seven guys. Uh, but then we're also doing, you know, different drills of, uh, of working on getting trapped and being strong with the ball and, you know, stepping through traps and, you know, not getting tied up or getting the ball deflected. You know, and that's, that's going to be a huge part of the game because you can't, You first off, like you said, you can't let them get offensive rebounds, and then second of all, you can't let them get steals in their press and easy layups. You know, if you let them get eight to ten points off their press, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's our focal point this week.
0: Portland State, a brand-new look from a year ago. Uh, very few, even, returners at all. I know they had no returning starters and hardly anybody that you even recognize from the roster from a year ago. But you know Barrett Perry is going to reload every single year, particularly with his ability to recruit both Division One and junior college transfers. And they got a couple guys that have put up some pretty prolific stats already this year. But is there anything different about Portland State besides the personnel, or is it just <laughs> a similar style and guys that kind of fit the system, even if they're not quite recognizable to Big Sky fans quite yet?
3: Uh, I mean, it's 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 95% the exact same, you know, system. Uh, the only difference is, you know, I think, you know, they have a big guy, Amari McCray, this year who's about 6'8", 6'9", 300 pounds, and where last year they had Sal Nuhu, you know, who, you know, so last year they could switch one through 5 and Nuhu was probably their best defensive player. I mean, he guarded Harold Frey better than their guards did, and, you know, which caused a problem because it was really hard to run offense against them because they just switch everything, and they just made you make plays. You know, where this year, you know, they're switching more one through four and sometimes even one through three, and uh, I think that that's the main difference that I've seen this year is, you know, they're not switching everything. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's not as athletic. He's different than Sal Nuhu because he's I mean, he's a beast on the block, uh, but, you know, Nuhu, he got to the point where, I mean, I thought he was one of the most dangerous players in the league
0: last year. Truly amazing to say, but you guys are eight games into your season. You've been playing since November 25th, and you have not played a Division One opponent on your home court. And now you get to <laughs> on Thursday and Saturday. I know it's not going to be the same home debut, Coach, that it usually is, given that there's not going to be fans in the stands. But you guys have to be happy to make it, be making your Big Sky Conference debut at home this weekend
3: it's funny you said that cause I didn't even realize that until you just said it. I mean, we're just so caught up in the grind of everything. It's like, I mean, but that is, that is crazy. We're in the second week of January and we haven't played a division one home game. Um, you know, I mean, it's great, but it's, it's just, it kind of is what it is. Like it, it's just different without the fans, you know? And so you don't kind of feel the excitement, uh, as much. And you know, it's, You know, basically probably to our guys and even to their guys, it's just, hey, it's another game. Hey, we're fortunate enough to be able to play, you know, with a lot of the cancellations going on. And knock on wood, you know, that we're still able to play this Thursday and Saturday.
0: He's Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach. His team hosts Portland State this weekend. It's 6 p.m. on Thursday and noon on Saturday. You can find both those games on the Bobcat Radio Network or on Pluto TV Channel one. 57. I guess it's 10.57 now. Pluto's blowing up. They got all sorts of channels now, but one of them's for the Big Sky Conference. So you, you can find the Bobcats and the Vikings on Pluto TV Thursday and Saturday. Coach, we appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch up with you next week.
3: You got it. Appreciate
0: you. Thanks, Colter. So Coach's Corner, Danny Sprinkle, Montana State, second-year head men's basketball coach. Coach's Corner presented each week by Opportunity Bank, Opportunity Bank your local bank your opportunity the first of the four division 1 games featuring montana schools is underway right now the grizz are up 37-14 over northern arizona you heard that right if you want to catch the action you can tune into swx montana television bobcats they tip here in about 17 minutes at home first division 1 home game of the season that's crazy right they have played some home games against yellowstone christian college montana western they uh, they have not played a Division I home game in Bozeman. The Bobcats haven't. So they'll be back in the brick for the first time in a long time against Portland State. It's going to be an interesting one because Portland State under Barrett Peary, they like to play fast. They like to press you. They have a whole roster full of new faces. So they're a team that is it's a tough uh, read because I, they have all new guys on their roster, but those two guards, Xavier Bishop and Amin Adama, those guys are two of the most explosive players in the Big Sky Conference. So we'll see how that matchup goes, but I think it favors Montana State. The other games around the league, Lady Grizz, they tip at 6 p.m. at Northern Arizona, and the Montana State women, they tip at 8 p.m. at Portland State. Go on now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. we got to get out because we have a new Grizz greats to share with you. John Casper, Senior Associate Commissioner for the Big Sky Conference and former Missoulian beat writer. Grows Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions marches on right here on 129 ESPN Missoula. be safe for you and your family the Wingate Inn located in Missoula it's an excellent option for business travelers local business people or anybody coming through the city of Missoula let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well if you stay two nights in January of 2021 you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate so if you book all you got to do is book through the hotel directly Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing and tell them is Now sent you. Somehow Kanye West went from, like, the most famous person in the world to somebody that everybody hates, I guess. I don't know. I still love Kanye if you don't, well, get over it. It's my show. And one has now, tonight ESPN Missoula, normally on SWX Montana television. We're not right now because the Grizz game is. Tune in. Riley Corcoran on the call. You can check it out. Riley Corker be joining me Mondays and Tuesdays. This you anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast available on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We got to get right to it. We got a Grizz Greats portion to share with you. John Casper. He was a student and student journalist at the University of Montana in 1995 when the Grizz won the 95 National Championship. Uh, he was covering the team for the Missoulian. Then he became the beat writer at the Missoulian. And since then, he's worked at the Big Sky Conference since 2004. So he has great perspective on what that championship meant to the league. Here's an excerpt from our Grizz Greats episode featuring Big Sky Conference senior commissioner John Casper.
1: Tell us about, you know, Montana back in the day, both, you know, high school and Great Falls and what your perception of Grizz football was, especially at that time. Because, listen, before before the national championship and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it, it, Montana was, you know, some good and some pretty lean years, right?
4: Yeah, correct. So I grew up in North Dakota, and I moved to Montana in February of 1989. And if you remember, uh, the coach at Montana State was Earl Solomonson, who as a young kid was the coach at North Dakota State for two years, um, and he won two back-to-back national titles, and then he went to Montana State. He was actually hired by our former commissioner, Doug Fullerton, so I was a little bit familiar with Montana State because Earl leaving North Dakota State was was a big story. And then I moved out to, to, to Gray Falls, Montana, um, you know, my eighth grade year and started, first of all, becoming familiar with CM Russell football and what that was all about and Jack Johnson and what he was all about. And um, that fall, I attended my first, uh, Montana football game uh, when they played Jackson State in the first round of the 1989 playoffs. Had my first Mo Club burger uh, that weekend, and so I point to that as almost like a life changing experience because the burger you can't not. <laughs> both, well, both the both the burger and going to that Grizz, uh football game right. and seeing, you know Tim Hauk. Grady Bennett, Mike Rankin, those were like the three stars from that team. and That was the first, you know, Grizzly football team to advance to the national, uh, you know, 1AA at the time, semifinals that year. So, um, kind of fell in love with Missoula that weekend. If you look back at that era of Montana high school football, um, you can see how it helped lead to the 1995, you know, national championship. The The team that Dave played on when I was a sophomore and he was a senior was ranked 20th in the country by USA Today. I mean, that seems mind-boggling to me, that a team from Montana would be ranked in the top 25 in the nation. And, you know, they won 24 straight games, two state titles in 89 and 90. And then the Butte team that won the 91 state title, I believe, was also ranked... um, in in the USA Today Top 25 poll. And, you know, that team had Josh Pathhausen, Randy Riley, um, and those guys, you know, played on the 95 National Championship team. And Helena Capital was really strong. That's who my team beat my senior year for the state title. And Andy Larson was the kicker on that team. Jason Cribo, who was a starting linebacker on the 95 team, uh, was a capital that year. So... It was a really, really good high school football at the double-A level in the state of Montana during that era.
0: Talk about CMR specifically because all the way through, even when I was in high school, CMR was an absolute juggernaut. And I, and I know that they've uh, – coming back to the pack a little bit since Jack Johnson stepped away, but the practices on pride field have been legendary forever. And and just the toughness that Jack Johnson demanded out of his players and the identity that CMR had that was so consistent for so long, all the wins, I mean, over 300 wins, 13 state championships, all of it. But I think that it's so interesting to me that although CMR always had this reputation as winning with tough, hard-nosed football, run it down your throat, play tough defense, some of the best linemen on both sides of the ball always came out of CMR. But the fact of the matter is if you were the starting quarterback at CMR for a good 20, maybe even twenty five year span, you're a division one guy. not only Dave Dickinson, Ryan Leaf, Brady Leaf, Justin Hartman on down the line, you know Jake Bleskin from Montana State more recently. Why was coach Johnson so good well, at cu- cultivating and developing quarterbacks?
4: that That's a great question and and you're going forward. I'll go back from Dave Dickinson. And talk about guys like John Leister, who went to Michigan State, yep. and who actually played in Major League Baseball for the Boston Red Sox, and uh, Art West, um, I believe, went to Cal. Uh, Carmen Campania, who went to uh, Texas Tech, I believe. Now they all maybe didn't play quarterback in college, but they were they were quarterbacks. And um, you know there were there were other C.M.R. quarterbacks that went on and played other college sports. And at one time, I had kind of gone through that to see, like, if you were the starting quarterback at CMR, how many of those guys went on to play, um, you know, maybe Division One sports, but maybe even at the NAI level. And almost every single one was either, you know, a baseball, basketball, or football player at the college level. And I always pointed to um, the consistency that Jack had with his coaching staffs. A lot of times in high school, you know, he, guys don't stick around because they're always, you know, looking for the next job or um, they're a teacher and maybe don't want to put in the time to coach. But he had a core of assistant coaches that stayed with him for a really long time. And one of those guys was uh, sparky cocky. And he was actually the quarterback coach um, at CMR. I mean, when Dave was there, when I was there um, for probably 35 years that, that Jack was the, the um, head coach. So I thought that was, was really special about CMR, the way that those assistant coaches stayed um, loyal to Jack and, and, stayed on staff. And it allowed them to build a program with a lot of continuity where everyone knew what the expectations were.
0: So you moved to Montana in the late eighties, but the one dynamic that's always been so interesting to me is that in rural States, uh, oftentimes, you know, state universities are big draws for in-state kids, but Oftentimes, the quality of the sports programs are the greatest marketing tools for, uh, you know, the front porch of the university, as we always hear. And right. I mean, Absolutely. In, the, in the 70s, you know, Sonny Holland and the Bobcats had a rolling. But then you mentioned Earl Salmonson, he comes in, replaces Dave Arnold. And uh, Montana State football, it, it took a turn uh, away from the ranks of the elite. And in the meantime... Montana gets rid of Larry Donovan, they bring in Don Reed, and the upper momentum was crazy. When you were making your decision, when you were coming out of high school, was that an influence on you, and how much of an influence do you think just the opposite trajectories of the football program had in high school kids uh, throughout the state at that time?
4: Uh, that's, a, that's a good, fair question. You know, By the time that I left high school, Cliff Heisel was Montana State's coach. And I had a couple really good friends who went to Montana State to, to play for Cliff, one, Mike Hennenberg, who's now the – who later transferred to North University of North Dakota, but he's now the athletic director at the Great Falls School and another, uh, Jeff Alexander with the linebacker, uh, our punter kicker, Eric Malone, uh, kick for the Bobcats. But to be honest, I wanted to go into journalism, so my choice was pretty easy to go to the University of Montana. But because, you know, Dave had been our quarterback – Obviously I was really excited to get to go to the University of Montana and see you know, see what Dave could do as a as a college kid. So my first week in college was the first week that he started a game and that was the crazy South Dakota State game where he started, got pulled, they fell behind and then had this amazing rally to come back and win so that that was my get commencement ready at the
0: montana state bookstore your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org free regalia When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day, visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.